This is episode two of our Despite My Anxiety three-part series, where we are chatting to women who are out there, who are making their mark and living their life despite having anxiety. Today's special guest is Mary Simpson. Mary is an artist, designer, and proud mama from the Booty Peninsula in New South Wales. She has 20 years experience in branding, illustration, and graphic design. Recently, she has returned to art making, which was her first love. Anxiety has followed Mary around since early childhood, and it was spurred on by acute asthma, yet it was only diagnosed for her once she became a mom. It is still a daily challenge for her, but it has taught her so much about holding boundaries and prioritizing self-care. These days, Mary acknowledges the fear and she does the things anyway, having returned to her art as a form of DIY therapy to calm her mind and make her feel alive. I can't wait for this conversation. It is going to be so beautiful. Let's get straight into it. This is Inspired Wellness with Jessica a safe space for women impacted by their emotions to unlock hope and discover ways to elevate emotional wellness holistically for long-term health and well-being. I am your host, Jessica, advanced EFT practitioner, holistic counselor, meditation therapist, and advanced life coach. Join me for real raw conversations to educate and inspire you to take control of your emotional well-being. I am so grateful you are here with me. Let's dive straight in. Mary, welcome to the episode. How are you today? I'm well, thank you, Jessica. How are you doing? I'm really well, thank you. Going really well. It is so lovely to have you on here. We just had a really nice little chat before we started. And I think that um, anybody who's listening today is going to get so much value out of hearing what you have to say and your story with anxiety and, and everything. Now, I did introduce you before the show. Uh, started but would you like to just give our listeners a little bit more a little bit more about who you are and how you got to where you are now sure absolutely um well so I I suppose I've always loved art from being a little girl growing up in the blue mountains of New South Wales climbing trees and exploring caves I was completely free range and I think it really fed into my creative um sort of spirit um so I I've always always drawn I was always into color painting whatever whatever I could do um so naturally that was something I gravitated towards when I left high school um told though in the 90s you're never going to make any money as an artist <laughs> like every other artist has been told um so I suppose I went into graphic design thinking that it was the closest thing I could do um, that would at least pay my bills I really wanted to pay those <laughs> and I kind of important sometimes <laughs> yeah absolutely absolutely and I, you know, I'm very um, logical like that I, I really um, I suppose uh, they did one of those studies on my brains and I came out 
you know, kind of uh, even brained. If you could, if you could, I don't know. I suppose you know the words for it, but um, I use all the all the quadrants of my brain. Okay. At the, yeah, so yep. it's kind of interesting. Um, being me is interesting because I love <laughs> maths, I love science, I love art, <laughs> um, and it's uh, it's sometimes there's lots of people up there having little chats together. So it's um, it's an interesting um, mix, but I find that art is. Uh, is a science in itself, really, and design has been a wonderful job to have. However, it is it is kind of dependent on what the client would like. Um, at the end of the day, you know, they really they'll they'll kind of say yes or no to whatever you've created. So uh, lately, I've felt that I've just needed to express who I am and what I feel, and so I've gone back to art in my spare time that's limited yeah. I have two little yes, girls absolutely. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I um I have a, a wonderful business husband. life <laughs> yeah that's right yeah so you're kind of juggling um the money making stuff and then I have two little girls a little puppy I live on the central coast and we, we you know we have built a beautiful life um but yeah the, it's not without its struggles like everybody else I think that the mental health factor has definitely played a part in my decision to go back to art but in a way that's been a blessing so that's where I am at the moment I'm I still kind of call myself a bit of a novice when it comes to fine art because I've been dabbling in graphic design for so long but um it all kind of it all kind of relates to each other so yeah yeah that's me (laughs) so you mentioned you mentioned mental health and how art has been helping you with that um, I know in your bio you spoke about uh, having asthma as a child and how uh, it wasn't really though until you were older and you became a mum that you were actually diagnosed with anxiety. Do you want to share or are you happy to share with us a little bit about your journey with anxiety and sort of how you've experienced it and and what, what's happened for you with your anxiety? How's it impacted your life? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I think the asthma thing, my, my journey, I uh, was very little when I had it. It was quite um, severe. So I had um, I was hospitalised uh, many times. Um, there was one particular time I was still in the Blue Mountains. I probably was seven or eight. So I was old enough to have those memories um, quite uh, strong in my mind. And I really did feel like I was drowning but not in water, so drowning in air. And Mm. that was my first real fear that I might not survive. And I think Mm. for a seven or eight-year-old little girl, that's, um, that's a lot. You know, that's, and I, and it's not, and it's something that Asthma Australia have acknowledged. Um, You know, I did, I did a quick little search because I like facts. (laughs) Um, And basically um, it turns out that, 38% of people with severe asthma um, have symptoms of anxiety. And uh, and also it's like we're twice, as asthmatics, we're twice as more likely to develop anxiety um, Mm. than than everybody else. So um, there is a link and it's Mm. it's almost a vicious cycle. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. I can see how it would be because for, for anybody, you know, who does have anxiety and who gets those physical symptoms and moves into the space of panic as well, you know that when that stress response is activated, you are breathing shallow. Yes. And and without having asthma, you know, you can hyperventilate, you can get the pins and needles, the lightheadedness, all these things can happen that's right. just from the stress of the anxiety that's that's happening within your body. Yeah, exactly. So if you have asthma, I'm just thinking out loud here, if, yeah. you have, if you have asthma and you have actually had that experience 
where you believe for a moment or for however long that moment is that, you know, you might not take another breath, that that then will then serve as your evidence as such. Um, That's right. That, you know, yeah, this could actually really happen. And so it's completely normal then that when anxiety hits and you start the shallow breathing and you start to get those symptoms that your amygdala is then triggered by those past memories of that fear from the asthma. Absolutely. And then vice versa because panic attacks and anxiety attacks are, are really uncomfortable. Absolutely. So yeah, I could imagine that you would have asthma and feel triggered by that as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, really, it really, it really does feed each other. So I think mm. uh, it's really wow. important um, as a physical, physiological sense to keep up with our medicine. Uh, like mm. I, I kind of went through a period where I wasn't taking yeah. it very much, but especially with the birth of my second child, um, my asthma came back in a big way. Mm-hmm. And um, so the, the the respiratory nurse said, you know, you really, you really have to be religious with this and you have Mm. to take it um, because I know that you've got the complementary stuff like I was doing a lot of yoga meditation I you know I had worked with um, a psychologist with breathing and all the you know all the things Mm. Um, and it was working but because my asthma was triggered by my second pregnancy in a big way Mm. she's like you can do those things but just keep the medicine going because this is life-saving stuff and I think that in a way, though, leaning into that is not a bad thing as someone with anxiety because you do, I mean, yeah, I carry my puffer with me everywhere and um, that's, you know, but, I mean, it, you do actually, you need something to help you out. Like you just mm. need some kind of thing to lean into or lean against. And for me, it is making sure that I take that medicine because at least logically I'm like I've done the thing yep. to help me in a physical sense so now all I have to do is work on avoiding my triggers and my physical triggers and avoiding my mental triggers as well yeah you're right it's logical it's that plan b you know it's that um and and it's not because sometimes with with anxiety I know I've worked with clients who have you know implemented things to protect themselves from their anxiety that aren't overly resourceful and this is not that like you said, leaning into those those strategies to say, okay, well, I've, I've taken my medicine. I've avoided these physical and mental triggers right. because asthma is very real. Yeah. And it's a very real condition and it's very scary and it's life-threatening. That's right, yeah. So, yeah, so it's, it's absolutely, you're right, taking that medicine, knowing logically mm. that I have done the steps that I need to take yeah. to do the best I can yeah. to help myself in this situation. Absolutely. And it really does um, help to break it down that way for me anyway. Mm. And I think people with anxiety, we're also such individuals, aren't we? I mean, absolutely. <laughs> for me, <laughs> it's not going to work for you. But um, from a personal perspective, this is what works for me. I like ticking off things that are in my control mm. and then trying to let go of the stuff that I can't control and accepting that um, has been a, a big, big thing in yeah. order for me to get by and and uh it's, it's actually a bit of a surprise to a lot of people that I have anxiety because um mm. uh it doesn't always seem that way from the outset and I think as a kid just going back to my childhood I did internalize it mm. I didn't even know I had it but now I know yeah. <laughs> I know when I think back I think my god of course I've had it my whole life um and I just overworked I just studied hard 
you know, I, I stayed up all night at uni getting it perfect. I, I did. I turned into a perfectionist and, um, and I think that that's where I kind of funneled the anxiety in a way, or I'm not sure if that's Absolutely. the right word. But it's also, it's also a form of anxiety is that need to have that control to have things not go wrong, to be perfect. It's a, a little bit like how OCD and things are also a form of anxiety. Absolutely. You know, it, it's that, yeah, that my logical brain thinks that I can control this yes. and that I can prevent this. Yes. Even though the logical brain might only be in control <laughs> for about 5% of what we actually do during That's our day, right. let's let it think <laughs> as long as the strategies are are resourceful for you as long as the yeah. strategies are helping. Yeah. Tell me though, when you were, when you were staying up all night and you were in this mindset of, I need things to be perfect for them to be right. Was that resourceful for you? Oh, it was terrible. It was destroying me. Yeah. And I was getting like, my immune system obviously was getting absolutely thrashed. So I was getting sick just from this ridiculous, um, pressure I put myself under so um I think and, and unfortunately it just didn't stop into my working life I would love to say that I, I graduated and I learned my lesson <laughs> but did not happen um I think that's when you're a high achiever you know I got really good grades all the way through and because <laughs> I I worked too hard and I didn't have a balance um and I got I went into my you know first few jobs and I wanted to impress them and I suppose you know, even worked late in those jobs. It's, uh, and unfortunately, it's a part of the industry. And I think all around, I think any creative listening today would be saying, oh, yeah, isn't that what everybody does? I mean, we all kind of, um, yeah, there's deadlines and, and they don't move for you. Uh, mm. when you've got something happening. It's, it's, it's just got to be done. And uh, we, we work incredibly hard, the creative industry. So I think that um, yeah, it's par for the course a little bit for that um, that job uh, but a whole it all has to be broken down it's, a, it's not a good thing yeah. um, I'm acknowledging it as a it just felt like it was expected mm. but it, it shouldn't be like that I don't I don't want to see young creatives doing it I don't want to see the a lack of boundaries um, the continuing because it definitely was for, for me going through and I feel like that's just got to change um, absolutely yeah. yeah and those boundaries are going to be key for any kind of stress and burnout prevention and obviously it's going to feed into anxiety and things as well so. that's right and I loved yeah. you know going with through the um, CBT with my first psychologist um she just kept saying to me but Mary what's the worst that's going to happen and I love that like mm -hmm. I know it's really overused I know but it's just so so important it's so profound because I would then say something like well um, I would miss the deadline and then she goes and then what and I'll be like ah <laughs> the world's going to explode I don't know like you kind of yeah need, well actually the client would just get really annoyed and maybe yeah. you have to apologize and maybe you would have to give them a discount or yeah maybe, and, and well maybe nothing would happen because it's a fake deadline which happens a lot <laughs> Yes. <laughs> you know? Yeah. 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 Absolutely. And you kind of think, well, it's not worth my health over that. <laughs> absolutely. That's yeah. a really powerful process that chunking down. So what will happen? What will happen? What will happen? And once you get down to the core of it, you realize for well, a lot of people realize there's a story behind it. Yeah. And the story has come from something that you believe and that you're telling yourself that will happen that, you know, likely won't, yeah. or if it does, is it worth your health? That's right. Is it actually worth the stress that's causing you and 
the physical state of stress and anxiety that you're in because of it. Absolutely. There's something you said earlier, which I just really want to reiterate to for anybody listening. And that is, um, you spoke about looking at what is in within your control mm. and letting go or trying to let go of and accepting the things that are not within your control. I talk about that a lot and I just really wanted for anyone listening just to really point that out because with anything, any stress or any anxiety or really just, I even find it, even as a mom, I find it hard to, to let go. Yes. Somebody said to me when I was talking about mental load and I, Mm -hmm. and I said something about wanting more help and this was a while ago and they said to me, but would you let them help? Would yeah. you let it go? And I just had this wall up and I was like, well, no, <laughs> no. So, so no matter what it is that you're, that you're sort of dealing with, looking yeah. at what do I actually have control over? Yeah, and right. then what is without out of my control? And those things you can find ways to protect your body and your mind from through all sorts of different techniques. Yeah. But the things that are within your control are where you can make those plans and set those healthy boundaries and mm. And do the things that you know that you can actually do, but yeah, that and acceptance. It's I'm glad you mentioned it. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a really big thing for me. Anybody I work with with anxiety and stress, yeah, acceptance. Absolutely, it really is. And um, I think when when you realise that all you're going to do is maybe just disappoint somebody, then you have to unpack that a little bit and think, is that going to be that bad? Do I have to keep everybody happy in the world? Absolutely. Not really my job. <laughs> Absolutely. And there's going to be a lot of challenging beliefs and feelings and mixed emotions around unpacking that, keeping everybody happy. But yes, for a lot of people, that's a coping strategy. It's yes. just how we've learned to navigate, how we learned to survive as a child. And it's come with us into adulthood and maybe it's not working so well for us now. <laughs> no, no. And it's a hard thing to get rid of. I, I'm a definite people pleaser. I still struggle. Yeah. yeah. So it, it is, I, I acknowledge how incredibly hard that is, but it's, Absolutely. I think it's just that daily reminder, like, yeah, you're upset that I didn't do the thing or I'm not, you know, the most resourceful um, uh, kind of, I'm not your rock all the time. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's okay. And once, yeah, learning to accept that and let it go is, it's a big thing. And as I said, it's a journey. It's a process. Nobody yes. wakes up and magically lets go of those coping strategies. Absolutely <laughs> but, not. But awareness no. of them, awareness yeah. of them means that you can inch by inch, step by step, make it better for yourself. So, yeah. And, and it's like looking back and thinking like, what did the old me do? Yeah. It's so great. Like yeah. even just five years ago or even last week, I just yeah. think, yeah, no, you've grown. This is good. Yeah. You're getting you're getting better at saying no yeah, and holding that boundary. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So you mentioned earlier uh, that you have recently stepped back into art for your mental health. Can mm. you tell me a little bit about how you're doing that and what that really means to you? What does it feel like when you are using your art as a, as let's call it what it is, a form of art therapy, really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I, yeah, I really have only, Jessica, I've only just come to that realisation that that's why I yearn for it or I need it. Um, mm-hmm. It's because when I'm um, painting or 
sketching with charcoal, getting really dirty. And look, I, I love digital stuff in terms of what it can do and how it can reach people. But man, I just need to get filthy with my materials. I am, <laughs> I'm all for the dirt, like just <laughs> get it all over my fingers and smoosh it around. It's actually a part, the sensory part is key, I think. Um, so yeah, for me, it just feels like I can't worry about stuff when I'm doing it. Um, which is a challenge actually as a designer because there was always an end goal and a, you know, a beginning and there was mm-hmm. a process in between and a checking and you had to ask people if it was okay at every step. Mm-hmm. But now nobody is going to judge you. You don't have to show anyone. Um, and so I feel really that I can let go and I just feel, oh, it's just not me in there. It's like it's me but it's a different me. Um mm-hmm. And I feel like it is like tapping into the subconscious because I'm I'm actually almost expressing myself without words, which is so so lovely. Um, Absolutely. I look. I love a good word, but <laughs> we were having a bit of a chat at, um, just before we started recording about tapping into that subconscious and how the subconscious communicates in imagery. And so, what you're saying, it just sounds so magical I don't have much of a creative outlet for me at the moment and I know it's something I'm aware of and I I have been sort of thinking I used to love dancing movement Mm. moving my body and that's how I would that's how I would have my creative release um when it comes to art I'm a stick figure drawer (laughs) (laughs) that's okay (laughs) I've recently experienced some art therapy um as a part of my clinical hip um Kind of never speak clinical <laughs> hypnotherapy diploma because that's yeah uh, we've been learning art therapy as a part of that and it did actually amaze me not that they were good I, I would never show anybody these pictures but the things that came out which was just my subconscious pouring itself out onto the paper um, pouring out the feelings I was feeling pouring out you know drawing with your left hand so it was like your inner child yeah. was drawing all these things it's just it really just blew my mind how good it actually felt to just let the subconscious communicate in that way. You don't have to think about words. You don't have to think about anything. It just, it just flows. Absolutely. Your body like almost needs it to come out. You feel it in a cellular level. Like it just has to come out. And I think that, um, look, the way art's taught in schools, they have to, they have to tick off skills. And I think that's one thing I really wanted to sort of communicate was that um, I know you say you're a stick figure drawer, but I would challenge I would challenge that idea only because I have met a lot of amazing people who can do amazing things, but they <laughs> minimize themselves. And I reckon I, I think it's about more about finding out how you are an artist, not so mm-hmm. much whether you fit into what somebody else's idea of good art is, but more about discovering how where do you fit in and what's your art? And yeah. I honestly do feel like just a bit of coaching could get anybody. Like I think we could all sing. We can all talk. It's just about finding our own voice. So it's about finding your artistic voice, I suppose. Yeah, um, I love but that. I, Yeah, and I, I am going to start doing that. I, I, I'm still working out the beginnings of it, but I'm going to start just doing it with friends because yeah. the ones that keep telling me how I, they're not artistic and they're <laughs> just desperate I'm desperate to show them I want to prove them wrong I I just want to show them how um how amazing it can be to learn a few a few skills yeah Uh, but really I think the idea of the artistic genius needs to go 
Mm. It needs to die. Yeah, <laughs> someone's born talented. I think you meant. I yeah. think I saw you mention. You know that idea that someone is born talented so they are an artist let go of that idea really we should just let go of it because it's only because I was interested enough to learn the skills to hone it means that I'm an artist but that doesn't mean that anyone else who you know maybe later in life picks it up isn't going to be amazing but also beauty is in the eye of beholder right so like <laughs> well my five-year-old thinks my stick figures are amazing so there well, we she go. does oh, she's six. Oh my god <laughs> my six-year-old <laughs> I bet she does because <laughs> nothing wrong I'm recovering from COVID I'm lucky to know what my name is right now. <laughs> yeah, I know I feel you <laughs> but yeah like I, I do I feel like uh if we can let go of that judgment um I think that can really help anyone struggling with anxiety to um just grab, steal some of your kids' supplies and just uh, have a go. It Absolutely. doesn't matter what it looks like in the end because it actually is about the process. And I really, I do feel like I've come out of the studio and look, it might not have been what I thought I was going to create, but I'm still loving the fact that I've had that hour or I've had some time to myself and I feel mm-hmm. uh, like I've had a nap or something. Like I've yeah. had an, an absolute- self-care for you. Dead set. It really yeah. is. And so, oh, yeah, I would I would encourage anybody to give it a go, just whatever medium speaks to you. And then, you know, maybe take up a class, but yeah, or not, just do whatever. <laughs> I can imagine, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I can imagine when you are explaining this to me and, and listeners can't see you, but you, you, your body language is just so passionate and so beautiful when you're talking about this. I can imagine from just the way that you're moving and speaking that going into that hour and making the creation, no matter what it might look like, is like being in like a meditative state. Yeah, you'd be absolutely. so you'd be getting all of those benefits too of like the meditation. You're bringing in your parasympathetic nervous system, helping your mind and body to reset. Absolutely, out of yeah. those stress responses, out of the daily grind of the late nights and the deadlines and the kids and yes what an amazing way to do self-care yeah mm. actually thanks for thanks for saying that I hadn't really thought about it that way as self-care I, I think um yeah I, for me I suppose when it, when you monetize something um yeah it puts a bit of different pressure on it yeah absolutely <laughs> So I suppose that it's probably a good thing, actually. I always think, oh, I wish I could go back and talk to 20-year-old Mary and tell her to just be an artist and don't worry about being a designer. But no, like it, I think the journey, you can't regret too many things, hey? And I think that yeah. maybe um, it was the right thing to do. I was able to buy a house. I was able yep. to support myself and have children. And yeah, um, But, yeah, I think it's a good time for me to, to see what I can create and whether anyone wants to buy it. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. That's okay. (laughs) There will be. You'll connect. You'll connect with the right people. I think. Yeah. It's like with with anything that is so personal, whether it be coaching or you know, like I'm into holistic counseling and those sorts of that area. But I can imagine that even with art, like it's so personal. Yeah. So it's okay if you don't connect with everybody. That's all right. Like you'll find you'll find your people, and they're gonna love you. Yeah, I only need like three people to like my stuff. <laughs> and are you out there? <laughs> uh, they are. They are. They're listening today. We're going to manifest it. Um, there's something actually really interesting that I think uh, you said maybe pre-show or it might be in the notes that we had a chat about beforehand. And I just because you're talking about how you know anybody just give it a try. 
mentioning though, and I think it's important to mention that anxiety can creep in, in a sense of, well, I'm not good enough to do this yeah. or I can't draw because I'm, I'm a stick figure drawer. So I'm not an artist. So right. no, letting that anxiety. And I can actually resonate with that because I, as a part of this training that I'm doing, yeah, um, we had to submit like a tree drawing and I remember doing my drawing and it's, 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 it's a beautiful process. There is no judgment in this process whatsoever. But I did my drawing and I looked at it. And I was like, oh, well, it looks like a child has drawn that. And, and I judged it. And then when it came time to be in the class where we had to share our drawings, which, by the way, some looked like, you know, dead sticks and some looked like these intricate artist-drawn trees. Wow. It was yeah. such a range. But I just thought, why did I have this anxiety over sharing this picture that I had drawn? And, and I, I did it to myself. Yeah. I had stopped myself from from sharing at one point that picture, yeah, because I was I was anxious over the story I was telling myself about my abilities. So, exactly. um, yeah, there was something that you said about how anxiety can tell us that we're not good enough to do painting or drawing. Always, um, yeah, but challenging but I, it, challenging. I, I know I still get that. I still I still get it. And like that's crazy, right? Like I, I oh, that's a terrible word. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, cut it's out fine. that word. <laughs> I really try not to use it. It's a um, it was back in the '90s. People said it a lot. I'm trying I know. To get it I out don't of my worry. Vocabulary. I my most of my childhood was through the '90s too, so I can understand. Yeah, creatives don't like making money. You know, I used to think I could do all sorts of different things. Not that yeah. everyone really told me I couldn't, but, yes. you know, you know what it's yeah. like being a child back then. It just wasn't yeah. the dumb thing. You go, you find a job, you make money. No, it was so, it just seemed such a different time. But, I mean, had, had I thought that I could make money at home just taking photos of things on my phone, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Like, take photo on a phone? Yeah. <laughs> so I think that, yeah, it's just such a beautiful time for people to really challenge those thoughts. I just Absolutely. feel like the not good enough thing. Yeah, we struggle with it, the imposter syndrome. Yeah. But, like, yeah, it's not for a collection. It's not for anything, anyone to see. Um, yeah. And you might be pleasantly surprised with what comes out and and maybe pleasantly surprised with how you feel after doing it as well even if it's absolutely for that benefit yeah and and it's that's right the result isn't what what it's about um Mm. but but even looking at it and going well what what is that trying to tell me you know so that in a way for your subconscious to to kind of communicate with your conscious mind is like absolutely what am I trying to tell myself right now well where do I need to take note and I think that yeah where art I, has that it's my attention and bring awareness to my life absolutely and you said before we started recording and listen to it yeah. <laughs> and listen to it just so to listen quote you right now when your subconscious is speaking we wish you know let's listen to it yeah that's right absolutely yeah yeah it's it's really I just think we're all born with the potential to um whether it's dance or art or whatever it is that you you want to do I think we're all we've all born that potential to express ourselves, but there's something niggling away saying that's not you and just giving you this narrative. Um, and it doesn't mean you're going to quit your job and go be a Broadway dancer, but it's just, you know, kind of uh, giving you a roundness, uh, kind of filling in 
the parts of you that maybe need to come out that you need to listen to. And as yeah. long as you can quiet your mind, your, your logical mind enough to actually take note, I think that that's Absolutely. pretty powerful. Yeah. Absolutely. I know you mentioned that your journey with anxiety has been a long one, you know, from childhood and then really realizing what that was. Can you tell me though, what things have you been able to do in your life right from even if it's something as simple as just getting yourself out of the house, right up into something with business, what yeah. have you been able to achieve? What have you been able to stand up and do despite having anxiety? Um, well, I think the biggest one for me has been uh, with this year, so I might start this year and go head back, yeah, go <laughs> um, would be um, attempting to enter the Archibald Prize. So I did enter it. I just didn't get selected. But that's a huge thing for me because I would Massive have told step. myself, yeah, I would have told myself probably six years in a row for the last six years that, no, 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 you can't do it. You'll never get time. You'll never be able to do it or you it'll not look like the person. But um, like my, my sister, Melinda Schneider, who's my, my good friend here, she um, put it on Facebook and everything and I was not ready. <laughs> I can imagine someone with anxiety going, oh, no, it's not. Oh, what? It's not ready. I'm not ready. Um, but she's, she's darling because she just kind of went, hell yeah, this is awesome. Put it out there. Um, yeah. And, you know, I think also I would have, like the fact that didn't get selected, <laughs> the old me <laughs> would have said, oh, my God, that's so embarrassing and everybody yeah. has seen it, but they, I didn't actually go anywhere. How embarrassing yeah. that it was known about. And mm. the response was overwhelming. Like people were like, oh, my God, I love this artwork. Yeah. It made me just, I kind of wanted to cry actually. Yeah. My husband's like, hey, because it just blew up and I, the, the, the comments and the love was unreal. Yeah. And someone who kept saying, you're not good enough, you could never do this, to yeah. get that response was, I don't even have words. Oh, it my God. felt so beautiful but also really overwhelming and almost I, it kind of brought up a lot of emotions. I'm, I'm, I, I, I don't even know how to. I felt everything in that moment. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's so beautiful. That fear of putting yourself out there mm. and, yeah, when you use like the, the what's the worst that can happen type strategies yeah. that we spoke about earlier, I know like putting yourself out there we have a story, a lot of us, I, not, I'll say we, because I know I've experienced it too. Mm. So a lot of us have a story that if we put ourselves out there and then we fail, yeah, you know, that there might be judgment. But once you're able to break that down, well, where did that story actually come from? Yes, yeah. That's a big barrier that you're actually going to be able to be a lot more comfortable with doing something like that. That's so right. what an amazingly brave thing with Thank all you. of these anxious thoughts going on in your head, all of this negative self-talk previously going on in your head mm. to say, do you know what? No, I'm going to roll with this anyway. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Um, yeah, I'm proud of myself for just even just doing it. And I, I I've lately, uh, turning 40 last year was a big deal for me. You do not look 40. <laughs> I'm looking at you over Zoom right now. There is no way you are. Can you see no. the wrinkles? <laughs> Yeah, like I'm, I'm so forty. <laughs> but like, I would, I would never have picked. I would never have picked. That's what I'm talking about. The You're listening. Mary looks early thirties. No more. 
thank you oh thank you you're very sweet oh my gosh I I I actually do still feel like I'm 18 in terms of my like who I am on the inside but my body is telling me otherwise (laughs) (laughs) but yeah like I think turning 40 I think I've just decided that I'm not going to wait around for someone to come along and give me my big breaks or 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 kind of fix things for me you know, I don't know. I don't know what I was waiting for, and I've got to be my own superhero. So, uh, despite the anxiety, I really just am jumping in, like uh, whether I can work out how to swim or not. And and I don't know how I've come to this point. I I suppose it's just having anxiety, having been diagnosed with anxiety for at least nine years now. You get to a point where you just don't want to feel that fear and then still not try at life. And I think that you uh, definitely for me, I just was like, well, I'm actually pretty used to feeling anxious now. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm accustomed to it. I don't, that sounds so strange. Um, And sorry, it's just kind of flowing out of me right now. No, (laughs) no. And that's okay. And it's actually, you're actually right though, because the chemicals that our brain releases when we're in states of anxiety, um, the the cells in our body, they have receptors on the end of them and mm. they take in those chemicals. Mm-hmm. And it's a little bit like how maybe the first time you have an alcoholic drink, mm. you might be knocked on your butt straight away. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, that's still me after one. But, um, <laughs> It's, it's less but, expensive. Know, but the more the more you the more you drink the alcohol, the more accustomed your body becomes to it. It's a little bit like that. The mm. cell receptors actually grow and change mm. so that they want and take in more of those chemicals. Yeah. So whether the chemicals are a positive emotion or a negative emotion, yeah. we actually become accustomed to and addicted to, in a sense, the mm. way that we feel. So waking up every day feeling anxious has become your normal and that's that's fine. That's what's happened. Like it's mm. so yeah. So saying that for anybody listening, it's it's dead right. Yeah, I think and I, I yeah, and I think that's it. It's funny, isn't it? You don't know what normal feels like for other people. Yeah. So I've only ever known what my normal is. Um and I think though I'm at peace with it. I think now like I've got my strategies to help me, obviously, you know, the deep breathing which I do a lot as a mum, <laughs> close my eyes, breathe deeply. It'll be all right. It'll roll over. The tantrum will end eventually. Um, but I think that, yeah, I think at the end of the day, I kind of just have to shake it out and go, you're just, you've just got anxiety and either you learn to make it your almost make it your little companion mm-hmm. and put it in its little box yeah. So it's like like a little thing in your bag. Yeah. I've got to carry it, but it's not going to define me. And I, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. love that. I think that's how I've had to kind of come to terms with it. Because it's mm. just there's just no silver bullet. Absolutely. Uh, not in not in my God, I've tried a few things, but not not in not in what I've tried. I think this is what works for me. Absolutely. Um, yeah. You know, one of the things that we learn um in when learning how to teach people mindfulness yeah. is obviously observation yeah and that and and particularly in the context of panic attacks and anxiety not fighting it mm. so like what you've just said then you know, making it your little friend not trying to fight it away accepting yeah. that it's there 
-hmm. that in itself is going to help you deal and manage with your anxiety in a massive, massive way. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it's, I mean, even lately um, I've noticed, um, sorry, you you had asked me a question. I've gone off on a tangent. Um, Oh, good. No, no, no. It's not a tangent. It's so interesting. (laughs) This is how my brain went. Welcome to my brain, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I I have noticed lately, like I, I used to check on my children a lot when they were sleeping um I just a little bit of a history there the second my second child was um had really bad reflux and uh we had this really traumatic event um where she had breathed in the vomit and it happened three times and oh she, she went blue and stopped breathing yeah. um one of them was in the hospital so she was resuscitated in front of me it felt like an outer body experience mm. um thankfully she's fine and she's a happy little five-year-old but um I I, I don't, I think I'm still recovering from Absolutely. all of that. Yeah. So I ended up being diagnosed with PTSD, um, which is, which is a tough one. It's, it's a really, that's, that's an, another level. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I would check on her. Yeah. I know you're a mum. you can understand how many times uh, it, it just, um, it got exhausting. You know, I even, I even was challenging myself and doing all the things, you know, and it just didn't work. That's um, okay. You know, I'm- your amygdala will have taken in that PTSD. And uh, the only way to reprogram the amygdala is through gradual exposure therapy and retraining right. and let it safe. So, for example, I do that with EFT tapping. So we mm. go through an event and while we're tapping, we're sending calming signals to the amygdala to say this, this awful thing that's happened is actually safe for me. And it would disconnect then that association. So, you know, sometimes those strategies, particularly when it comes to trauma and it comes to PTSD, those typical anxiety strategies, because a lot of them are quite logical, Mm. but Mm. the amygdala's association is not logical. No. So so they're not always going to work. Yeah, and it, and that's why I thought you know because I had the the, the anxiety and depression um, diagnosis from my first child, and I had I was four years in with all of that, and I felt like I had a handle on it. Mm. Um, had beautiful second pregnancy. I even, you know, I'm quite brave. I attempted a V back, and I was able to. I'm really proud of that. That anxiety would have probably dictated no, just go for your cesarean. Yeah. yeah. Um, but but I, I really wanted a, a, a vaginal birth. And so I did, I, I went for it and I got it and I was really, really thrilled. But yeah. when the PTSD came, I was not ready for how intense that was going to be. Yeah. And though I, I threw some counseling and, and um, a few other therapies, I, I really, ha- I do feel so much better today. You know, she's five years old and I think I just had to be patient with myself. And I Absolutely. do feel, wow, I don't, like I don't even check on her. Like <laughs> terrible. Yeah. Like she goes to sleep and I'm like, I'm going to sleep and I'm out. No, but you feel safe. That that's your nervous system has begun to recover from that trauma. Yeah. So you feel safe enough to allow yourself to go to sleep. Yeah. It's amazing because yeah. I just didn't sleep for so long. And I yeah. um I feel so good about that. And I I hope that anyone who's listening that's kind of struggling with sleep knows that there's there's other people out there who've been where you are I I am I am able to sleep and I know that she'll get up and she'll go mummy if she needs anything and it's um look it's just such a happy ending to a story that I was like I don't know how this is going to end I don't Mm. know when it's going to end I couldn't stop waking up in a fright 
every 20 minutes even if I did if I did go to sleep I was like I was up like yeah oh how exhausting yeah yeah physically it was I could feel it in me um but I just um I really do want to encourage anybody who's who's I suppose it is a really uh, symptomatic thing of being a mum or a parent those worries they just they just don't they intensify they do oh they do and then coupled with the trauma like we spoke about a bit earlier with the asthma you've had something that gives your logical mind evidence yes that this could actually happen whether it's happened to you or it's happened to someone that you know or you saw it on the news something has told your logical mind that that is actual evidence it just really amplifies that anxiety and that absolutely yeah so yeah I think it's um Wow. It's just, yeah, I think the more we talk about it, I think the easier if we all just feel like one big kind of community where we can talk about this stuff. Oh, wouldn't it be amazing? It wouldn't be amazing if we could actually say, you know, I I think that's the one thing is that um, being just told that you're an anxious person, I feel like that's really dehumanizing. I I feel the same. Yeah. 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 I I, I kind of, but when it's said, you know how it might be said in a way that's not, it's not a clinical setting. Like you just, oh, you're just an anxious person. Just yeah. Oh yeah. (laughs) Or you've got nothing to be anxious about or why are you so worried? Or what are you you seriously having a panic attack over what? Over what? Yeah. yeah. Like what's wrong? Nothing's wrong. And so I kind of, yeah, I think that, um, yeah, that's why these podcasts and these things are amazing. I think you're doing an amazing job, Jessica. This is so important to um, get the stories out. The stories can heal us. Absolutely. And like you said, that community aspect too, just knowing, um, I know with anxiety and a lot of people that I speak to, as well as my own experiences, that you feel like you are the only person going through or not, you know, other people are struggling, but you think because the symptoms are so continual and they've got that element of fear or terror behind them, you know, you might be having the panic attacks, you might be having those constant feelings, it might be the constant thoughts of doom or worry Mm. you feel like you are going crazy I'm going to use that word now because that's that's how it feels that's honestly how how it feels like you have don't you don't have that control over your mind maybe not even that control over your body yeah and you're losing your mind yeah um and it's actually really nice one to know that those symptoms are completely physiological and they're completely normal Mm. but two that other people experience them as well it is it is actually nice to know yeah that because it, it breaks down that anxiety just a little bit. It does. It really does help. Yeah. That's why I really needed to read other stories about people with PTSD. I needed to read mm. other stories about people with postnatal anxiety and, and depression. I needed to read all of this. And I did. I just was like, I need to find my people. Yeah, <laughs> Where absolutely. are they? And oh, it did how help. far you have come just from oh. what you shared with me. Wow. That is amazing. So far. It's been you know, a you mentioned art therapy obviously is or not even art therapy but just art for you yeah um, as a beautiful creative soul is you know one way of your favorite ways to support yourself mm. do you have any other things that you think our listeners would benefit from hearing of and, and again you know disclaimer everybody's different yeah. what works for some might not work for others but do you have any anything what are your favorite ways to support yourself through anxiety um I think one of my favorite ways is super daggy, but I love dancing. I have grown up as an Irish dancer, <laughs> so I don't do that in the kitchen. It's a little dangerous. <laughs> Going to kick my dog or something. 
but I, I love dancing. I'm so daggy. I just love it. I will dance. I will dance through a fear, which is so weird, but I might be in the kitchen. I'm in the kitchen a lot and, uh, and I will just put on the music and st- yeah. sort of dance it out. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, and I might sing about it. I might sing about actually literally sing the thoughts. Yeah. Okay. Just, I suppose tapping into the other, you tell me what part of the brain I'm. <laughs> I'm not. A, I'm. You know. But I. Yeah, I no. I know. Into... You know. Using it. Using all of those different ways, though, to express how you're feeling. Yeah. Is yeah. yeah that's I. I only giggle like that because I have done that myself previously, <laughs> and I had completely forgotten about it. Yeah. Sometimes, because I like to talk to myself. It's yeah. How I get through my day. Yeah. You no, know, I'm doing this now. Okay, I've got to do this. Blah blah. But yeah, I remember singing to myself at one stage, and so I just had a little giggle. So I was like, yeah. oh, I, know I know what you mean. It's I'm this- so glad I'm not alone. So dancing, singing it out, however works for you. Yeah, a yeah. lot of a lot of seriously breath work is everything for me though. Number one would have to be like just really slowing down my breath and, and consciously breathing with my diaphragm and making sure that. You know, checking in with the asthma symptoms, but sometimes it's more than that. It's just, have I even taken a proper breath in about 10 minutes? I mean, like, am yeah. I just breathing up in my shoulders somewhere? Like, yeah, that and that's really too easy helps. to do. Oh, so much. And I think water is my other big one. I love just a shower or a bath, you know. Um, I do mm-hmm. live near the beach, don't always get down there, but um, but I, I this just floating in the ocean. Yeah. is uh everything and Absolutely. to me when I feel really overwhelmed with anxiety um there's something about water and just being immersed in it it's almost holding you hugging you yeah. and supporting you and so. allowing that weight to lift off as well those times yeah. that you're floating you don't have to hold all of that pressure yes you know, the, the weight of the water can take it for you yeah, it's unreal. Like yeah. it's, it's, it's such a beautiful, yeah. I mean, hydrotherapy was a part of my asthma plan, actually. Mm. So, yeah, it's always been a connected thing. Um, yeah. And it really still does work beautifully. And a lot of the times I just have time for a shower, but I will say, <laughs> oh, how good is water? Um, uh, yes, but I think that, and, and you know, exercise is, is key, I think, for me. Yeah. I love exercise. I agree with that. I, just finding the thing that works for for individuals is really important. Like, I mean, I'm not into running. Oh God, no, me neither. No, thank you. <laughs> Dog a little bit. I can. I actually don't mind yes. being um, really on a treadmill though. Yeah, but yeah, yeah I'm about okay. the same. I don't really run either. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I used to be a personal trainer actually in a, in a former life. I used to yeah. graphic design by day and go and personal train at night when we were saving up for our house. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I do. Um, I love. I love the feeling that that's another way to quieten your mind. Sometimes I think that you know you're in your body, and mm. and when you get in your body, you start giving it some love, that's and nice. I think your body's there desperate to support your your mental health and when you connect those up for me lately it's been bar um I got a bar installed in my studio my husband's found one from Bunnings and just popped it in and so I do on my little app I just do some it connects up the dance and exercise and it's amazing low impact great for someone of my age (laughs) (laughs) no it's good for everybody but it's uh yeah it's it's easier than uh, it looks easier than it actually is it's it's challenging yeah. but it's fabulous it's such yeah a 
So, I've yeah, always I, wanted to try it actually I've got <gasps> really dodgy knees so <laughs> that's the only perfect. thing that stops me <laughs> it's perfect for dodgy knees to be, yeah to be okay. honest yeah I mean I, I can let you know what I use but I've, I found an amazing trainer and she's does she does it through the the sweat app it's yeah I would, I would love I would love to know yeah cool. yeah it's amazing it's um she, she's got arthritis her name's Brittany something okay <laughs> Sorry, yeah, this went out. I think I have that. That's yeah. the Kayla. Um, Kayla. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I so, have the app. Yeah. Yes, okay. So try Brittany. Brittany's program is next level. I love her. And okay. She is. She lives with rheumatoid arthritis. And that's wow. someone who, despite life throwing her yeah. something challenging, she's just gone, well, I'm, I can't run with this, but I'm going to do this other thing. And she's yeah. come to it later. Yeah. And, um, yeah, that's just it's such a beautiful, beautiful uh, way to enter into fitness for people who maybe mm. don't f- feel like they can um, they can do that or they're not that kind of fit person. Yeah, but, um, yeah. That, yeah, that to me with anxiety, like, that's a really good thing for anxiety, I find. Yeah, yeah. like this exercising as well. Yeah. Do you have a message for anybody listening, something that you would want to share with them if they are struggling with their anxiety, if anxiety is dictating what they do, how they live their life. What is your takeaway message for anybody feeling that way? Yeah, wow. I think that my biggest message to someone struggling with anxiety is that please, please know that you are not a burden on the people around you. Mm -hmm. It's really, it, it is one of the main things that you worry about, I think, when you start telling people that you're feeling a certain way or thinking a certain way that you worry that you're burdening them Mm. but you are not you are important and you deserve respect Um, this is something that is just like my asthma when I have to go get my puffer Mm -hmm. Um, it's just it should be respected it's real it's not all in your head. <laughs> no, it's not all in your head. The thoughts might start there, but it's absolutely not all in it's your head. It's not all in your head. And you you deserve care, you deserve respect and love, and you deserve to be treated as a whole person. And don't let anybody make you feel like you don't deserve those things. You do. You're just not, you're just not a burden. You're yeah. you're a you're a treasured human. And uh, this is only one part of what's going on for you and it can come and go like clouds in the sky yeah and just hold out hold on what's that song yeah i'm gonna do some daggy singing but i better <laughs> <laughs> wilson phillips i don't know oh i know the song i know the song you know it's on song? my it's on my empowerment playlist <laughs> oh my god that is like i literally sing that to myself yeah for one more day yes <laughs> yes yes yes, yes. <laughs> It just, I don't know. I jump off and listen to that song now, actually. Yeah. I need, I use music for a pick-me-up a lot, actually. Yeah, like music pump, for me. Pump that 80s anthem or 90s oh, anthem, whatever it is. But it's just, and for me, like that, yeah, just hold on because things do get better. Yeah, um, yeah just really, really know that you, you're important and you, you just don't uh, have to believe someone else's narrative about you, that you yeah. can, you actually can follow that your own narrative about yourself and you can design that and you can you can turn it around it's um yeah not going to define you 
Thank yeah. you for sharing that. That is such a beautiful message. Before we wrap up, you have something that you would like to share with listeners. It is a special download that I have linked in the um, uh, what do you call it? Show notes. <laughs> mind blank there. Um, yeah, I've linked it in the show notes, so you can just click and download. With there's no strings attached, you just get this beautiful download. Mary, would you like to share with our listeners what that is? Yeah, this is a, a black and white illustration that I did some years back, actually, of some unsung heroes of the floral world that we have in this beautiful country of ours. Um, and they're just these tiny, tiny little flowers, especially on my bushwalks that I find. Don't ask me what they're called. I won't remember. But it's a I do. beautiful illustration. Oh, thank you, Jessica. Yeah, it's um, it's just something that I really wanted to bring them to the forefront. So they look bigger than they really are in the world. But I just think when you look down at those tiny little flowers, there's just beauty in there. So that's for you to colour in mindfully when you have five minutes to yourself. I hope that you all can get your pencils out and have a go at that <laughs> oh I'm you know what if you haven't done any mindful coloring my mom bought me a coloring book for Christmas last year and then I know that I don't know how that sounds <laughs> but, <laughs> no. but um, my six-year-old actually stole it and I was like you need to get that one back to me that's mine but I found actually just like I just would lay on the floor with her we'd color together yeah and and it just the pencil just moved and there was something so peaceful about it, so mindful about it. I just, oh, if you haven't done any mindful coloring, yeah, go and download. It's just in the show notes. Download this beautiful illustration Thank and you. grab your kids' pencils yeah. or a pencil. It doesn't have to be colored to start with. You can print matter. it as many times as you like. Exactly. <laughs> it's for you. Enjoy it. Um, but yeah, it's really um for me, pencil coloring, I would, I would encourage people to get pencils because, mm-hmm. and I say to my girls, they don't like hearing it, um, but with pencils, you can blend, go mm-hmm. soft yeah. and go real gentle to start. Yeah. And yeah. then you can put different colors on top and you can make different, you know, you can actually turn it into something pretty special yeah. while you're being mindful about it, of course, because it's <laughs> the process. But absolutely, but the pencil gives you feedback. It gives you feedback off the surface. And mm. that physical feedback actually just reminds you as well what you're doing. And I just think you don't yeah. get the same with texture with the texture. So I, um, I would I encourage pencils. <laughs> Go excellent. <laughs> and how can people find you on social media? Again, I will link it all in the show notes. So you can just click and go. But for anyone listening who wants to jump off and search you, where can people yeah. find you? Um, so on Instagram, um, I'm Mary underscore Simpson underscore artist. And uh, you can also check out my website, which is marysimpson.com.au. Um, I'm not on Facebook, uh, <laughs> but you can see me there. <laughs> I'm not overly active on Facebook. <laughs> it's too much. <laughs> We've got enough, don't we? With all those voices in our heads, there's enough. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's another liberating thing as a mum in business, just to know that you don't have to do everything, hey? Like, Absolutely. Choose your thing. Pick, and pick what works. Yeah, pick what's yeah. working. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mary, this has been such a beautiful conversation. I have so thoroughly enjoyed every minute of it. Thank you. Listen, reach out to Mary if you have been listening. Even I'm sure she'd love you to even just pop into her inbox and say, hi, I heard you on Inspired Wellness Podcast. Absolutely. And have a chat. Take a photo of your 
mindful drawing and oh, yes. tag both of us in your yes. story. We would love to see that. I want to see it. I love seeing what people create. Please Absolutely. do it. Yeah. Oh my goodness. <laughs> all right. Any questions or anything at all, you can reach out to Mary or myself through the links in the show notes. Mary, thank you for being here today. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for inviting me. I think what you're doing is amazing. And I hope that, um, yeah, I hope that it's been just as fun for you as it has for me. Thank you. It has, it has so much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Inspired Wellness with Jessica. If you enjoyed and found value in today's episode, then please help it to reach others who may also benefit by subscribing on your favorite platform and leaving a review. This would mean the world to me. To get in touch with me, inquire about working privately, or experience one of my online programs, then head to www.inspiredlifecollective.com.au and I will see you on the next episode.